As winter turns to spring in the western half of Australia, we once again find ourselves nestled in the luxurious surrounds of Fatback Studios for another episode of League Indeed. My name's Ben, and with me as always is Sam. Hello, Sam. Good morning, Benjamin. What's what's doing today? Well, the leaves are coming out on the frangipanis. Oh, uh, is nice that how sunshine. You know it's turning? Yeah, I do. I know all about spring. Oh, um, I always look out for those little beaky fellas coming down from the trees trying I, to swoop me. I've been trying to make friends with them. I've taken to walking quite a bit again. I'm getting back into my exercise regime and uh, walking several kilometres and keeping an eye out for them. But I haven't spotted one so far, and well, at least none have swooped me. I yeah. like to think it's because I'm feeding the little baby ones out on my lawn. Oh, yeah, well, I'd. I've only seemed to have uh, doves out the front of my place. Aren't they a pain in the ass? I they, hate those pigeon dove things. They eat all the olives off my tree oh. out the front, and my trees out the front. But I don't mind them. I, I, uh, oh. I like them. They they sit out sometimes out there in my side garden and go. It's <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> I'm not a fan of the pigeon slash dove. Let's uh, let's be clear yeah, on well, that. As long right as you call the them doves and not pigeons. <laughs> yeah, well, so I was wondering why you were being so bourgeois and calling them doves because they're not. They are, aren't they're, they? They're yeah. pigeons. Anyway, pigeon McGraths, Glens, <laughs> putting it on a good length on the olive tree. Uh, what are you grateful for this week? Besides the frangipani leaves and doves, of course. I'm grateful for Kmart. They make a whole bunch of little accessories for your iPhone. I'm just looking at one now. It's like a little clip and you put it on and you can put your phone on it. And it's got, it's pretty sturdy for five bucks. Like I got a terrific quality dartboard set up the other day from Kmart. Put it out on the back deck. Now all I need is a, a fire pit and a holding flag and <laughs> I'll be a proper bogan family. But gee, we've been having fun, me and my, my, my daughter. Throwing darts, 180. Nobody's got the 180 yet, of course, but gee, it's, it's a good, fun pursuit. Mm. I'm just training her up for when she can hit the pubs and yeah. play and pool and drink. H- some. Hustle people. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah. pretty good, actually. She beat me one game, I must she, say. She'd be that type that brings her own darts to the pub. Yeah. <laughs> in the top pocket. With yeah, the the top pocket. Rollies yeah. in the other pocket. <laughs> yeah, good on her, I say. Well, I've been mostly thankful this week for Mark Opitz. Oh, yeah, tremendous producer. Famous Slash engineer. engineer, record producer. Yeah, gee whiz, he made some terrific records, didn't he? Not least of which would be, oh, just off the top of my head, Power Age. Mm. Uh, I think he was the engineer on that one, but my all-time favourite circus animals by Cold Chisel, of course. Just had a lot to do with In Excess before Nile Rogers got his grubby little hands all over him and started making him into international pop stars. Did he? Oh, yeah, on those early albums. Yeah, yeah, that Shabu Shabar, <laughs> and I, I'm pretty sure, yeah, the early stuff. So, yeah, he's got his hands all over, like, late 70s, 80s Australian music, and uh, he's got a couple of good interviews on YouTube if you want to check him out. I'm sure you have. I but have, of all course. The, all the listeners at home that want to educate themselves. Golden Ears is what he's got. Mm. Uh, rugby league wise, I can't <laughs> help but notice that um, the eels of once as as winter turns to spring, <laughs> as night turns to day, and night back to day, and day back to night, the eels have started the season promisingly and then fallen off a cliff once again. Can you uh, pl- uh, point any fingers at the eels? 
Why are they like, has it just been since Brad Arthur's reign or are they before that? Because I'm trying to cast my mind back. How long's Arthur been in charge of them? Well, I think uh, I think Arthur came in uh, post Hainsey era, Hainplane era, or maybe he was there at the end of it. I'm not sure, but it seems to me that uh, they, they, I don't know. I've been saying it for years that I think their playing group's a real problem. I think that they, there's too many big heads in that team. They don't seem unified. They never do. They're always arguing, fighting, pointing fingers. There's never any, you know, if somebody drops a ball in the eels, there's never any support. No smacks on the bum. No, it's all right, mate. We'll get him next next play or anything like that. It's just all screaming and yelling. Um, I've been watching. I watched Gutho on the weekend. He's got the new haircut. Uh, he scored his first try in months, and he didn't do the Gutharina. He didn't call anyone a dumb C. So do you think that someone's gotten in his ear and said, listen, you're the captain, mate, you need to pull your head in? He's, well, he's playing. He, he thought he was going to get re-signed for a million bucks and it didn't turn out the way he planned, so he thought he'd better pull his head in for five minutes. But you can guarantee, as soon as he signs a new deal, he'll go back to the old stupid C-word Gutherino ah, guppo. So you don't think he's changed his stripes? Of you not. just think he's turned over a leaf? Like- no. Yeah, because it's uh, been interesting, some of these blokes that are playing for contracts, and I noticed Anthony Milford set the house on fire the other day there as well, but he's already got a new contract at South for about 80 grand a year or something, hasn't he? But uh, Yes, but I did did notice that about Gutho. He seems to have kind of matured overnight, but he hasn't, has he? No, of course not. And (laughs) Mitchell Moses uh, was still screaming and, and swearing at blokes and giving them the stink eye. He's just an angry little ant and... And my, my my biggest concern about the Eels is poor old Nathan Brown has just fallen off a cliff. His form's gone to pot. Yeah. <laughs> is that still an expression? Well, geez, he's been he's been their best player of all course, year. Of course. He's my favourite Eel by a long way. And he, he, he was dropping balls and throwing bloody passes to ground. And he just looks out of sorts. He doesn't look happy. He needs to... I really think he needs to get to a club with a better atmosphere. Yes. Like the Raiders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come home, Nathan. I don't yeah. know. Where is Nathan from? I don't know. Wollongong? Perhaps. Yeah. Didn't he play with St. George for a bit? Uh, what else has been making headlines? I know there's a couple of big issues that we'll get to later on in the uh, program today, but um, is there any other pressing matters that you need to attend to oh, in the geez, opening monologue? Bloody lots of stuff going on with rugby league as far as form and stuff like that. We could talk all day about players' form and stuff. Like, uh, who caught my eye on the weekend? Bloody Jaden Campbell. Gee whiz. And I think he's just signed a new ca- uh, contract, didn't he? Did he sign with the Titans again? Yeah, I think he did. And um, they're gonna, it's going to force... I think they're putting him in fullback and uh, it's going to force AJ Brimson into a different position, maybe 5'8 or something with Ash Taylor on the way out. So interesting times up there at the uh, Gold Coast. Well, uh, that, Ash Taylor's a very interesting one, isn't he? he um, he's been cut loose pretty much. Well, he's been dropped this week. So mm. all the pundits are saying that that's the end of Ash Taylor's career if they're going to drop him with the season on the line. They've got no faith. And Justin Holbrook was interviewed and he was asked point blank whether that was the end of Ash at the Titans. And he said, oh, well, I'm not saying yes and I'm not saying no. So that was pretty much the <laughs> icing on the cake. But, yeah, they, so they're saying that, uh, well, he's on a million dollars now, a million plus, I think. And they're saying that he could be looking at a minimum wage contract elsewhere Either that or going to England because nobody wants a, a bar of poor old Ash. Yeah, I think the Tigers passed on him the other day, didn't they? I think well, he was one of the teams that were touted as getting him. Everyone's passed on the poor kid. And it's a, um and, and Cooper Cronk was on the telly last night and pretty much laying the slipper in and saying, well, it's a, 
it's nobody's fault but Ash's. Oh. And br- I've got to say, I've warmed Cooper. Oh, yeah, I, he's I a much better commentator than he is player. Well, he was a great player, but he was an idiot. Well, every, you, you try, oh, oh, well, for me, anyway, I sit there and try and hate him, and I can't, because everything that comes out of his mouth makes sense, which yeah. is very strange for a rugby league program on Fox Sports. Uh, he's, he's very, very, well, I mean, you, you don't have to be Einstein to figure out that he knows a bit about footy after his glittering career. <laughs> but um, I, I thought he'd just be all about um, you know, uh, nuance. Uh, what was that word he kept using for a while? Sinews and, uh, oh, and you yeah, know, yeah. mystical kind of stuff. But he he's very to the point, and uh, he doesn't mince his words, which I love about him. Very yeah. good commentator. Well, maybe they've got they have to have that one. That's not the not the uh, line kicker. It doesn't doesn't toe the line. They have someone that keeps it real. I always thought it was Mick Ennis keeping it real, but <laughs> well, Mick tries to keep it real. Yeah, most of the time. Sometimes he he veers <laughs> but he's yeah. all right. I like I love Mick. I think. Oh, me a... too. I love all of them on there. Uh, most of them. No, not me. <laughs> I could do without Blocker, but I know. Oh God, yeah, but yeah, but Blocker's not on the panel. Oh, he is sometimes. He turns up. Oh, on the Matty John show and that. Yeah, I saw once where there was like, oh, what's the biggest coach blow up you've ever seen? And Blocker told the most boring story you've ever heard. He's always touching people on the arm when he's telling them a story. Yeah. Fucking Jesus Christ. (laughs) Punish. Oh, jeez. Yeah, but jeez, there's so much to talk about in rugby league. We can't cover it all, can we? Oh, yes, we can try. Let's get into it. Since early in the year, very early on this year, there's just been a constant stream of uh, articles and excuses coming out of the Sydney Roosters, I presume being leaked by the powers that be at the Roosters to media outlets about their injury toll. What do you think the angle is here? Is it is it are they building up excuse uh, an excuse bank for when they finally get blasted in the ass in the finals <laughs> and and get thrown out the back door? Is it, and then they can say, well, we've been telling you all year we're hopeless. I was going to say, it's been a running narrative, a 2021 narrative about the, about the um, injuries coming out of eastern suburbs, out of the roosters, and it's just been constant. And so they've got this big article this week about how there should be, how there's a whole team sitting on the bench. Yeah, well, that's what I, that's what I bring this up is because I, I thought they'd kind of you know, accepted it finally at the end of the year that they do have injuries and every club has injuries. But there's yeah. been another expose. Uh, this week it says Robinson couldn't even name a 21-man squad. Well, He th- named 20 with, <laughs> with Lachlan Lamb, a half in the centres. Ben Marchke, a guy that started the year in the Ron Massey Cup in the number 14 jersey. And Brad Abbey, a trial and trial and train player on the wing, plays first NRL game since 2018 says the article but it also mentions that they loaned out freddie lussick to st george what's that about well i don't know well can you <laughs> i don't get it <laughs> was he you're actually you're actually lost for words but uh so i i thought this really hit its head when uh the morris kid you know when he got injured and that ended his season. That was when it all started, wasn't it? Like when it really ramped up. Like, oh god, the poor old Roosters—they're not going to be no. able to finish the season. It started when there was the injury to Luke Keary, I think, in oh, round three or yeah. something. But he gets injured every year. They and, should have expected that and <laughs> built in a contingency plan. Well, we all remember when the sky was falling in and Trent demanded that the surface be replaced <laughs> at Bankwest Stadium, and they actually did it. 
Mm-hmm. Was that this year or last year? Must Has it been, been going on for two years? Well, yeah, the injury crisis at the Roosters has been going on for a while now. It just seems to be a, a common thread now with NRL. You talk about NRL, you talk about Roosters injuries, don't you? Well, seemingly so, yeah. But let's run through. Well, let you mentioned that team. They've put up a. This is the Roosters casualty ward team. People saying that this could be a first grade team anywhere else. Joseph Suwali, fair enough. He's a good young kid, but you know, very unproven, shall we say? Uh, Brett Morris and Josh Morris, obviously, they both copped knee injuries and out for the season, but they're both, what, 48 years old. Yeah. Uh, Dale Copley, who they borrowed from the Broncos or somewhere anyway, so and I don't then, know why he counts towards that. And then injured him. Yeah, is it, a, is it a ploy? Put him out on a bad surface and injured him. And injured That's him. That's what Trent did. Anyway. He should sue him. Did Copley ever play for New South Wales or Queensland? I don't think he did. He was always on the cusp, wasn't he? So well, he's a Queenslander, I think. Yeah, Queenslander. but I don't think he did. No. Matic Avalo. Well, he's just a he's a very run of the mill, average kind of winger. Adam Kieran at five eight, he's hopeless. Luke Keary, I'll give him that one. Uh, he was, of course, the horrific knee injury recipient from the poor surface, as far as I recall. Lindsay Collins, state of origin player, fair enough. Jake Friend, forty eight years old. They can't claim him. Nat Butcher, nobody's ever heard of Nat. Uh, Boyd Cordner, fair enough. Ruth, uh, Kangaroos captain, um, origin player. But Boyd is also, what, 48 years yeah, old. Yeah, and hasn't been at his best for years. Yeah. Angus Crichton and Victor Radley were both out with suspension. Trent never mentions his dirty players getting suspended, which is also contributing well, to I, the 20-man squad. I was going to say, they're both suspended, so does he count suspensions as an injury? Well, Fox Sports is. Oh, they're saying man. that this is the injury toll list, but there's two blokes on there that aren't even injured. Bench utility Billy Smith. Well, no one's ever heard of him. So, what they're saying, they're trying to blow it up and saying, well, they've got a side here that's injured slash suspended. Well, not even slash suspended. They're our words, not theirs. So, they're trying to say that this side could be a first grade side. That's what they're saying. They're saying, well, look at, no wonder, no wonder we're only bloody fourth. Look at these, ta- look at this talent we've got sitting on the, on the bench. But then you go over and read this week's team, this week's team. James Tedesco, international. Daniel Tupo, international. Joseph Manu, international. Sam Walker, best kid in the game, apparently rookie of the year. Jared Warrior Hargreaves, international. CSCY Takiaho, Silatili Tupanua, Isaac Liu, all internationals. And they're still whinging. What about the cap? What about the bloody cap? Well, I want to say, what are the Roosters doing to cause all these injuries? Are they taking things serious? Are they taking their rehab serious enough? I don't or are they all swanning around drinking lattes up on the Gold Coast and getting tats? <laughs> you got to take these things serious, Trent. Is it maybe too much uh, rich foods? <laughs> well, too that many, might be it. Too many cheeses? Well, that might be it because all these rich, sauce-heavy <laughs> diet that the roosters, and it goes straight to their feet, doesn't it? It goes... Makes them too heavy. Gives them gout. Down the bottom. Char- yeah. Charcuterie is a well-known bloody gout causer. Because <laughs> they got a lot of knee injuries, haven't they? So it's pretty pretty obvious that the diet's going straight to the knees. and Small goods? Yeah. All that <laughs> stuff. But bloody bread? You can't feed NRL players bread and expect them to not get injured every week. And you can't give them sauce-heavy... Diets and not expect him to get suspended. 
We, we worked it out here. We've worked it out. There's a clear link, Tren. <laughs> a clear link. And then you <laughs> add that in in the substandard surfaces that you have to play on that no other teams get to play on. Well, he, yes, exactly. They're running out on gravy-heavy legs <laughs> on the poor surfaces and expecting to field a 21-man squad. That's the kind of thing that'll only get you 20 players. And only half of them are going to be internationals. Well, the proof is in the pudding, which I presume Trent's also feeding them. Yeah. Rich puddings. Puddings. What's a French pudding? But I don't know, buddy. Soufflés. Why, why are we not hearing about the dog's injury crisis? Thing? No, well, we don't hear about anyone's. Of course not, because they don't have a dedicated full-time staff member that lets everybody know. You think they've got... Oh, a, of a course me- they do, buddy. Uh, you reckon there's not some bloke at the Roosters... That's got a little office and his name's bloody media liaison brackets injuries or something that just rings up these bloody these bloody fox blokes that are just you know, they got nothing else to talk about. So like, like oh shit, they just sit there waiting for the bloody injury crisis to come through from the media slash injury liaison bloke at the Roosters whose full-time job it is to let everybody know how injured they all are without letting anybody else know who else is injured in the bloody competition. Well, if we if I've all, if we were more responsible podcasters, we would have done a bit more research. Oh, I have done my research. Look at the dogs. They got everybody out. They got bloody Kotrick out. They got bloody everybody. <coughs> Adam Elliott. There's one. Waddell. Luke Thompson. Injured, suspended, whatever. No one talks about them and about how if they had had a bit of better luck in the injury front, they wouldn't have been a bottom 16 side. They need, they need a hand, the dogs, but I, I digress. We were talking about the roosters. Mm, well, I think we've said all we need to say. <laughs> I think it's the, the, very compelling proof we've just laid out, uh, not only about how... how uh, uh, sp- spurious? Is, sp- is that <laughs> yeah, a word? Spurious. spurious? How yeah. spurious the claims are, but also what Trent's doing to... to well, um, that's exactly what he needs to do, is have a good hard look at himself and see what he's doing to cause all these injuries and suspensions. Uh, how many hours are left in this day? I, th- I thought we'd already exhausted the... Uh, allocation of or the quota of bad boy behavior in the nrl (laughs) this year i thought that they'd got it all out of their system but it seems that some blokes just can't help themselves and it's always the blokes that you least expect isn't it (laughs) i know josh dugan curtis scott adam elliott all bloody complete clean skins never done anything wrong in their lives and now out out being jabronis what's happened to them is it something to do with their diet (laughs) almost certainly (laughs) <laughs> oh, well, Adam Elliott, let's go there first. Okay, yeah. Out at a restaurant on the Gold Coast, obviously diet related. <laughs> Eating, oh, probably a big tomahawk steak. Got the meat sweats and decided to go and uh, smooch up with an ex girlfriend, uh, incidentally or, or coincidentally, uh, NRL, WNRL player Millie Boyle. Mm, Had so a toilet tryst. Yeah, so you had the meat sweats and he decided to kiss it out. Kiss it out of his system. Well, this is where I want to start with. Well, Millie, Millie Boyle, who, who um, incidentally has been uh, treated 
very, very lightly in this whole affair. Adam Elliott's been hauled over the coals, raked. Is, is it raked over the coals? Yeah, well, hauled, hauled over. Hauled, the, yeah, dragged over the coals. Dragged over the coals. Uh, been stood down for the last two games of the season. Uh, but Millie Boyle seems to escape any scrutiny whatsoever. And she came out and said that they were just sharing an innocent kiss mm. in the toilets. Apparently, he was in full view of all the other teammates and the wags, I suppose. Well, so, they're all in the toilets together, the whole no, team. No, no. Well, from what I hear is that they actually got ejected <laughs> before they got to the toilets. That's what I heard, is that the manager saw them giggling and carrying on and heading for the toilets. And he said, I am not having this. Oh. And he grabbed them before they actually got there. So, it wasn't like a... Uh, no, that sounds like a load of shit. Well, that's what I'm hearing. That's my uh, mail, as they say. But, uh, yeah, so they must have been canoodling in full view of everybody else. And I suppose much much of the wags and everyone that were there as well are taking exception to this because Adam has got a bit of form on the board for doing this sort of stuff when he uh, grabbed... Leisha's wife that time and had the little porch tryst and uh, I presume that some of these ladies are still friends with Adam Elliott's ex-wife. And of course, Adam uh, was the star of the famous Mad Monday scandal a few oh, years yeah. ago doing the helicopter at, on the on the balcony of the pub. So he's obviously gifted. <laughs> so there's no um, there's no mystery as to why Millie wanted to go to the toilets with Adam. But here's what I think happened: <laughs> is there was much more than kissing going on. Probably something Dylan Brown style going mm. on in the restaurant of this um, the toilet of this restaurant. Somebody walked in and came running out to the manager and said, "You've got to go in there. You you got to come quick. You got to believe me." <laughs> The manager's gone in with a hose and said, "Get out of it, you two. Yeah, and and booted him, and and mm. that's when it all and that's when it all blew up. But uh, I, I think there's too many lies in this story, and I, th- I think Millie Boyle needs to be held accountable, of course, uh, as she equally does. as Adam Elliott, because she it takes sus- two to tryst. Has she been suspended? No. Well, there's a double standard right there. Yeah. It wasn't a just a unidentified female. This is someone with a profile mm. that's got the same sort of job as Adam. So I can't understand that. But oh well, maybe because she probably wasn't doing the windmill at Mad Monday a couple of years ago, of course, because uh, he has got form, doesn't he, Adam? But mm. I actually, I when this story first came out, I was wondering why he actually got suspended. Like, yeah, well, I, it- like, I, like. You know, Dylan Brown didn't get suspended because they were saying, well, it wasn't his fault. So I must think there must have been something else that went on. He must have been drunk. Of, well, of course he was drunk. Well, so maybe well, that's, that's the other thing is that he he vowed not long ago that he was never drinking again or only drinking, you know, responsibly. But obviously that message didn't get the message that he put to himself didn't get through. He's a renowned uh Punish on the piss. Oh, yeah, he'd be one of those fellas for sure. Yeah, so he obviously needs to stop drinking. Meanwhile... Well, speaking of people that should stop drinking and that has come out on the weekend, uh, through the week, saying that he's entered into Alcoholics Anonymous, you're talking about Curtis Scott here, who just had his contract torn up by the Raiders, and rightly so. Well, this one annoys me more than either of the other two in that uh, he he, uh, was sacked... After his latest fight in the nightclub, which but happened then, a while ago, yeah, but but he came out and said that um, that he was going to sue the Raiders for wrongful dismissal because they they had the hide to sue him before the court case, 
But they'd obviously had a gutful. There's obviously more. Well, it came out that he'd had fights with John Bateman last year or something like that. And and so after he threatened to sue the Raiders, this story came out that he'd had a fight at training with John Bateman or at a function or who gives a shit. And uh, then Curtis blew up saying that he's dirty on the Raiders for leaking inside information that they'd previously covered up. But it was after he threatened to sue him. So what does he expect the Raiders to do? Just lay down and take it? Oh, we'll see this. Dylan Brown style? <laughs> this annoys me more than anything because, so this is a bloke that Melbourne let him go. Let's start, Melbourne let him go. Melbourne don't let go anybody unless there's something wrong with them, right? And so there'd always been rumours, I think, that he's a bit of a loose cannon. And of course, we saw him bloody close Dylan Walker's eye that time on the field. So he's got a lot of aggression and... Anyway, that's good on the field. But, yeah, he seems to be very loose off the field. And, of course, there was that New Year's Eve thing where he got arrested and all of that. And so we all know all about that. So, But, anyway, that's strike one, right? That's a strike one because he was drunk in a public place. No matter what the cops did to him and everything, he was drunk in a public place, which is a strike in the NRL's eyes, right? Am I correct? Right. So then the Raiders knew about him having a fight with Bateman. And then they knew about him. Uh, oh, sorry. You know, let me go back about this Bateman thing, right? So apparently, after he had the punch up with Bateman, he went and put his hand through a, a window, and he was out for about five weeks. Remember, he had this mysterious injury. Yeah, well, the injury was uh, sustained in the fight. I didn't know he put it through a window. Well, that's a, that's what I'm hearing is that he went and punched a windshield of a car. That seems and that's to how be he a, hurt his hand. That's it. If you hang around pubs long enough, you'll see a lot of blokes putting their fists through windows and walls yeah, after, well, after uh, fights. Yeah, and then they go, <laughs> oh, well, it's better that I fucking done that <laughs> than put it through that bloke's fucking head. It's better that I done that, eh? Because, fuck, I just got all this aggression that I need to get out of me, eh? So... Anyway, so, yeah, it's a very, very rich of Curtis to come out and say that he was wrongfully dismissed because from what I see, that's his third strike at least. And then he comes out and says he's going to sue him and then he reckons that the Raiders are bloody... So, okay, so why didn't he book himself into Alcoholics Anonymous after New Year's Eve? Why didn't he do it then? Wasn't that a good time to do it, Curtis? Because after got, you get arrested by the police no, for being got, drunk, he got let off. See, so he got he, you know, oh, he got he yeah. Got it off wasn't his a... fault. Wasn't his fault. I tell you, who didn't get arrested on New Year's Eve for being pissed under a tree and didn't start a fight with cops? Me, because I was at home, bloody. <laughs> I wasn't out being drunk. Really got your head up. Oh, Jesus Christ. And I was willing to go into bat for this bloke, but no more. Anyway, so wouldn't that be a good time to book yourself into AA? Wouldn't that be a good time? And then maybe you could have bloody had a good good year this year instead of bloody getting into fights with John Bateman and bloody getting into fights with punters at Kokomo's. Jesus Christ, because that's the thing that annoys me most is that he came out and he said, oh, the Raiders don't care about players' mental health. So he's only decided that he's going to look after his own mental health now that he's bloody getting sacked. Where was he looking after his mental health before he got into a fight with the bloke at Kokomo's and before he went and got pissed? Where was all his bloody concern for his own mental health then? So if the Raiders have got no concern for your mental health, which they do... Because they, I know that for a fact that there's a bloke that was working there at the Raiders with him to try and get him right. And then he comes out and says this stuff. Meanwhile, <sighs> Josh Dugan. 
<sighs> has been tripping around the countryside, uh, <laughs> heading heading west from uh, his <laughs> guy Mia home in uh, a Jeep Cherokee, no less. <laughs> No less. One of those open top ones? Oh, it'd be the exact kind of car you would yeah. imagine Josh Dugan drives. <laughs> oh, is it? Tripping over the mountains uh, through Lithgow, pulled over by the cops. Where are you going, Josh? Uh, I'm just going to feed some animals because I'm moving. <coughs> if that's not the craziest excuse <laughs> for breaching COVID bubbles that you've ever heard, then I don't know what is. Uh, so they said, go home, Josh, go back to your guy, me, a home, turn this Jeep Cherokee around, go home. Josh said, okay, boys, off I go. Uh, two hours later, heading towards yet home, <laughs> which for our, uh, <coughs> excuse me, I got a frog in my throat. Tickle uh, yet home's out towards <laughs> Bathurst, about another hour from Lithgow. What are you doing, Josh? Oh, <laughs> just bloody driving to see a mate, going to see some blokes and feed some animals because I'm moving or something. Uh, and that's when they brought the hammer down. I said, Josh, we just spoke to you in bloody Lithgow, mate. <laughs> now, this is a fella that got done for COVID breach not too long ago, and Josh expressed how sorry he was. And then he'd never do anything like that again. Uh, I... This bloke's bamboozled me for years, and you know what? I was watching the telly the other day, and they brought up they had a piece on one of the shows about the 2008 uh, uh, Toyota Cup Grand Final. Oh, yeah, I remember that. <coughs> Wonderful game that was. Had Sean Fensom, had all of those young fellas, buddy, full of promise, full of bright. Weren't they what? And oh. and at the back in the headgear, the whippet, the the thin, wiry, stepping. And guile, guileful, <laughs> is that a word? Josh Dugan scoring tries. Oh, wonderful. And all of us Canberra faithful had high, high hopes. Didn't we? And of what? course, we all know what happened with him and, and Blake Ferguson on the roof and all of the drama he had with Donnie Ferner and eventually got, eventually got sacked, went to the Dragons, got sacked, went to the Cronulla Sharks, got left at home while the rest of them went to Queensland uh, without a contract for next year. So Josh decided to drive to Yet Home. Where do you think he was on the way to? Yeah, that's a good one. I don't know. Has he got pals around the Bathurst area? Uh, I would imagine <clears throat> not. No. Well, oh, he's, oh, maybe. Uh, where's he from? He's from bloody... Tugranong. Tugranong. Yeah, he's a real Eshe, isn't he? Might be from <laughs> Canberra. Yeah, he was one of the original Eshes. I yeah. love saying that word because they're the ones call everyone bra. And I don't know what don't an Eshe is. My daughters sometimes call kids uh, Eshes. Yeah, I'm going to look it up exactly what it is. I think I know what it is and it's pretty much Dukes. If Dukes didn't have heaps of money <coughs> and he just hung around train stations with a bum bag at the front of him, that's pretty much what they are. But uh, anyway... I digress, but yeah, where was he? Would he be? Where's Guy Mia for starters? Where's that? That's in the Shire. Oh, in the Shire. So he lives there, and he's outside of the bubble, and so he's been caught feeding animals. <laughs> What's he got a ranch or something near? Uh... I can't figure it out. I don't know. It's a very, very strange situation. But it is. We're talking about dude. Well, I know what he. Well, God, he's an NRL player. I know what he was doing. He was going to have a tryst. He would have been. Well, he was with a mate. He had a mate with him, an undisclosed 30-year-old male. It wasn't Steve Irwin again, was it? Ooh, oh, no, know. he was Toddy Carney's mate. I hope it wasn't Campo. No. Oh, no, Campo's, Campo's safely tucked away in uh, <laughs> in his 
on in his um come on mate camper and him are not friends come on you reckon they're not? No. No, of course they're not. What am I talking about? Campo would have been tucked away in his estate, his sprawling estate yeah. at Queenby in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. so... Uh, uh, I don't know who his mate would have been. Probably one of those bikey types mm. off to feed some... I, I keep getting this... Um, every time I read the article about feeding the animal, I see him standing, like, <laughs> flinging stuff at a llama. <laughs> like, um... Eat it up, you fat lard. What was that movie? <laughs> yeah, they got Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah, yeah. Eat, you, a- eat your food, <laughs> Tina. Thinking he's got a llama called Tina. Just like flinging <laughs> stew at some poor cow's head or something. Oh, see, no, I pictured him kicking those huge big bales off the back of the ute, those big hay oh. bales, you know, like in his bloody <laughs> no, gumboots. No, no, That's not Josh's style at all. Well, He's driving he a Jeep Cherokee. Well, for- did they check the back of the Cherokee for cans of pal? Maybe he was just out there bloody, you know, dishing out a couple of cans of pal to his dogs or something that he'd left behind somewhere, right? Like, this story baffles me. Well, let's go and yet home a long way from Gaimea. Yeah. Why was he going that way anyway? I don't know. We're going to get to the bottom of this. Is any of the viewers, out, uh, sorry, listeners out there know where Josh was going? Well, you'd have to, because the guy me is obviously closer to the M5, which would take you down <clears> through uh, Goulburn yeah. that way if you wanted to go to Canberra, which is, I presume, where he was heading. But he, he went M4. Yeah, maybe he got lost and went up through the mountains and to, through Lithgow. And <sighs> this is very So hard. they've got... They've got Police at the borders, do they? Like the kind of the, the uh, major arterials or like, whatever they well, call them. This is how stupid the bloke is. It, uh, as big a <coughs> clown head as he is, he's very recognisable. Yeah, you and can't Lith- miss him. Lithgow's rugby league heartland. So any copper in rug- in uh, Lithgow is going to know who Josh Dugan is. Yeah, maybe they had like a lookout at the top of the hill, just looking out for people. Trying oh, well, to get you, over the border. You dri- I can imagine the two coppers in their patrol vehicle driving past and one of them going, you reckon that was Josh Dugan? No, well... And they're both going, that, I think it was. Let's pull him over. They've got number plate recognition now, so I'd imagine yeah. the Dugs is number plates in the system. Well, you know where they got him. You know where they pulled him over. <laughs> where? At near, the Maccas. At Maccas. Yeah. I'm going to say, it'd have to be near that McDonald's there, right? It was, right on that intersection. Oh, Josh. Famous man, McDonald's. Man. It's got the rock out the front, you know. Uh, the one on the string and, and a witty uh, poem underneath about how you, how you can tell how hard the wind's blowing. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, Maccas. I can't remember the rock. I oh. remember the Maccas, though. But, uh, it's got that and the weird lighthouse thing next to it. <laughs> I love Lithgow. Oh, it's a beautiful town. Someone told me it's the only town that's been dug. Well, Josh has ruined it for everybody now. Now it's known as the home of the Josh Dugan COVID breach. <laughs> Good one. Can you fill me up again? How many hours are left in this day? I'm very excited to have Craig from Goolagong back on the phone because I know he's going to have another ripping yarn about rugby league history. G'day, Craig. How are you today, mate? How you going, fellas? Morning, Craig. Uh, hello, Samuel. <laughs> Hey, this week I've been inspired by an old grainy black and white photograph. It shows a rampaging raw bone bloke uh, running at two oh, slightly smaller opponents. One of them is <laughs> reeling away as if he's been stabbed, and the other one has his uh, his tongue about to be severed as this. This, this forward barges through a couple of young blokes with a, a referee looking on with some concern. <laughs> I speak, of course, 
of Crusher Khalil. Um, <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say something different then. <laughs> well, you know, we take our inspiration. That is a great photo, Sam. So, sorry, just as a little aside there, I put up a photo of me when I was probably, what, 13 maybe? 12 or 13? <laughs> and I've been about six foot since I was 12, so I used to run over the top of little blokes and... uh Craig made mention of me running at Little Blokes, but what are you meant to do? They do it in the NRL, right? That's a, right. All uh, those big bloody fellas, they're always seeking out the smallest blokes. Sammy Williams cops it, <laughs> yeah. that sort of treatment. So, but, so, they, know, so they should. Yes, indeed. <laughs> well, I was a, I'm, a, I'm a, 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 a gentleman of some heft myself, so I, I did a bit of that back in the day. Um, but you got your war face on, but... Yeah, it put me in mind of Crusher Clear. Last time we spoke, I spoke about the Western Division team uh, and our old mate TV Ted. Uh, but coming from the Northern Districts, uh, Warrior the way, was uh, a fellow called Noel Harvey Cleal. Um, Crusher, as he was known, he was uh, the younger of two brothers who built their reputations in country footy um, they came from Warrior, though their I think parents or grandparents had a farm um, where the two brothers worked doing crutching and other sheep-related tasks over the summer. And in the winter, um, they'd hit the road and go find a town to put, go and play footy for. Uh, and by the late 70s, they were up at a place called Wandai in Queensland, which is near Mergen and also near Sherberg. Um, Sherberg is a, a mission town, um, Aboriginal uh, place of significance, and uh, the home of a great uh, cricketer called Eddie Gilbert. Uh, but I remember when I was at school up in Queensland, we heard about a game called Sherberg Rules, which was effectively a game of footy that involved um, every house and every front yard in the town. <laughs> And uh, you'd have to, it was like one of those old village uh, mad competitions they'd have in England where people would have a ball and they'd have to get it to the other end of town. But Sherberg was the entire playing field. And Sherberg rules didn't have many rules. It was pretty rough and tumble sort of a thing. But they would have played uh, a Sherberg team against both Mergen and Wandai up there. Um, but the Cleo brothers came to town and Wandai, little Wandai, won that year. Um, the next year, well, this is about 1980, they're down at uh, Scone. They'd also been at Sawtell. They'd won premierships in the Clayton Cup. Um, but then they were in Scone and the team there was the Thoroughbreds and it was owned by a fellow called Kerry Packer uh, who noticed the rampaging style of the Cleo brothers and he was associated with the Roosters. And uh, next year, there they were, Les and Noel Cleal playing for the Roosters. Uh, Les was a centre at that point. Um, uh, Les was in the forwards, but uh, Bozo Fulton decided that uh, Crusher would be better used in the second row. Uh, so he also moved into the forwards. Uh, Noel, Les lasted only a year. Um, I don't think he liked the city, um, but uh, Noel kept at it. Uh, Les went to Tumbarumba and went premierships in the mid-80s up there with them, so he's continuing his journeyman journey. 
Um, but on holidays from one of those early seasons, uh, Noel returned to Warrialda and went pigging. Um, one of the pigs uh, was proving a little difficulty to so so called put away. So Noel went in and uh, laid on the pig uh, and was stabbing it when the pig got hold of a finger and took off one of his fingers. So if you look at photos of Noel Cleal, you'll see that, uh, yeah, he's missing a finger at one point. It was, um, but a tough old boy who was playing again the next year. Um, didn't really slow him down too much. But... Uh, Noel played for Roosters, then followed Bozo to Manly, um, where they had some um, successful times, including Premiership um, and uh, 87 against the Raiders. I say um, they beat the Raiders, they didn't they? Mm, but um, Noel spent some time also in England with Witness and then Hull. Um, he toured with the Kangaroos in 86. Uh, broke his arm across the forehead of a, a British player in the game against Hull, uh, forty to six. Uh, Australia um, got away with that one, but uh, yeah, Crusher broke his arm in a, a rather flagrant high shot. But he was uh, quite a lad. They were an incredible side, mainly in those days. Um, the likes of Cliffy and um, what have you, uh, meant they were very creative. And, you know, the Crusher was a creator. He was uh, had an offload on him, had a step, had pace, had football smarts. Um, he actually coached uh, Hull over there in England uh, to a premiership uh, after his playing days finished and... Uh, yeah, lost a lot of his talent the next year and got blamed for that and got sacked, came back to Australia. And uh, still, I think, has a role with Manly, um, sort of a recruiting thing. You often see him there on game days. He was a hell of a player. Did you guys ever see much of uh, Crusher? I was just going to say, one of, my, one of my very earliest memories of rugby league was at Seaford Oval. I reckon probably around that 86, 87 era. And in between, yeah. in between collecting cans around the perimeter of Seaford, uh, a yeah. roar, roar went up from the crowd, and I turned around to see what was going on. And I remember Crusher getting the ball from either a kickoff or maybe they were coming out of their own end. But he he did exactly what you just said, put on a bit of a swerve and a step, and before anyone knew it, he was off up the field. He wasn't that quick, but um, yeah. quick quicker than you would imagine, and just a, a terrorist on the field. He he, he never stopped, did he? Yeah, he was um, very tough. He's one of those blokes um, who, who appears stronger than everyone else, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, mm. uh, Joey Tarpano can pull that, put that on occasionally. Yeah. Um, that sort of, you know, just how, how can you stop them? Um, and, yeah, but Les was a, a, a student of the game as well. He captain-coached many sides to premierships. Um, so it's not as if they were all brawn. Um, they had a, an eye for what was going on in the field and uh, could adjust their game. Well, if you, if, you, if you get bailed up by the wrong bloke in the pub, he'll tell you that Les was a better player than Noel. I don't know what they base that on. They, everybody's always got a story about, about Les and how, how much better he was. But like you say, missed the, missed the bush and missed the pig and missed the... Yeah, well, it's... Um, 
they seem to be pretty happy with their lifestyle. I read this um, article about them and the, the getting the work done on the farm over summer, all the vital stuff, and then having winters free to travel around the country and play footy and get paid for it. Yeah. Um, the that same article suggested they were getting when they started working for their grandparents, they were getting paid seven dollars a week. A dollar a day. <laughs> <laughs> Good there's money a, back then. There's a rich history of pigging in the NRL, isn't there? There's a few, few blokes that still go out and do it. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, Mr. Who's our mate for uh, Miller. Um, oh, yeah. Josh, Josh Miller. Josh he, Miller. He yeah. Josh Miller was pig uh, hunting. a pigger. Yeah, uh, Gulagong is an impression of the town here, as much as I love it. You go down to the shop and you can get uh, several piggin magazines, <laughs> but not one music magazine. Um, some of the titles um, of the pigging magazines from the Gulagong shop, Bore It Up Ya, um, Bacon Busters, and Boars and Babes. I know uh, Sh- um, Shannon Boyd's a, a, a pigging man. Um, Pigging man, yeah. yeah. Who else? Oh, um, uh, Jamie Noel as well, surely. Oh yeah, of course, Shannon Noel. We can't forget him. Jamie so, Lyon, uh, he loved, he yeah, loved pig, the pig. Pigging. That's right. Yeah. Um, uh, what about? There's a few blokes around town with the the big cage on the back with the big doggies and. Jeez, I, oh, I don't what, know about that sort of gear. Uh, whatever, um, whatever happened to Kane Cleal? Was it that was Noel's son, wasn't it? He played for a bit. It was Noel's son, Les's nephew. He had a, a bit of a spell um, with Manly, and then South, and then the Dogs, oh. and sort of faded into obscurity. I yeah. kind of liked um, him. I thought he, he was a pretty a bad good player. player yeah. hmm. My, he, well, he certainly got the genes, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't quite, I mean, I've looked at the Rugby League Project um, stats, but they don't quite tell the whole story mm. um, of the Kane Cleal um, career. Um, but yeah, not as quite as storied as his, his uncle or dad. Mm. Well, there you go. A look at uh, Noel Cleal, one of the the famous hard men from the the hardest era of rugby league. Most people will tell you the the eighties. Uh, eighties. Um, and just yeah. as just as a, a flashback to last week, I found out a little tidbit of information about that Western Division team. Oh, excellent! Yeah, uh, Trevor Simpson. I was advised by the president of the Cowra Rugby League, no less, uh, was um, from Canoundra, and he's yes. the, he's the brother of. Uh, Denise Burgess, who is a, a friend of our family, and oh. yeah, so there's a little bit of a tie there. Yeah, so we went to school with Denise's son. Yeah, Andrew. Well, yeah. well there you go. I mean, that that's the, the beauty of those rep sides and that uh, style of competition. I mean, I look at our, the tours that we used to have from international sides, where they would go and play in the bush against local players. What a magnificent! Bloody advertisement for rugby league. Oh, wouldn't you love of, Yeah, you'd love to see something that again. to aspire to in the bush. Well, there's almost that in the Indigenous knockout, isn't there, I suppose? Exactly. Like, it's kind of, that's why that's so popular and why I love watching that, because you've got NRL yeah. players up against um, local sort of Yeah, it's unreal, and, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's unreal. I love that stuff. I love yeah. watching the local boys trying to make make names <laughs> make for themselves. Name themselves. Yeah, <laughs> and get oh, I, I saw this terrible one the other day where this um, bloke was punching Latrell Mitchell and Latrell was just smiling at him. <laughs> this bloke trying to knock his block off and uh, didn't actually work. Yeah, they they find out quick that they're in the they're in uh, a different league, so to speak. <laughs> 
But uh, glory to Rugby League. Good on you, fellas. Thank you very much, Craig. We'll Thank talk you, to Craig. you next week. Do you think it was another blowout round this week? Round 23, week just gone, I should say. I was thinking there was a couple of blowouts. There was only, what was the Wests and uh, Sharks game got a bit out of hand, but I think the rest of them were pretty much uh, like when you talk about the Dragons and the Roosters, like eh, it looked like it was going to be one of those blowout games and then the Dragons scored right on half time and made a game of it. So well, I thought they were all reasonably competitive. The quality yeah. wasn't wasn't too high, but I, I really think this blowout stuff's been blown out a bit too much. Yeah, I, I well... Think Every year there's there's your your contenders, your bloody challengers and your pretenders and it's no different this year. Well, I just think the days of the four to eight score lines are gone. Like you're never gonna see too many of those games. You know, it's gonna be more like thirty to forty two kind of thing. But Well, that's just Volandis ball. Yeah, that's well, the that's six it. again. That's, that's it. Once they get rid of that after our uh, recommendations that we've sent in. It'll be for... gone. Mark my bloody words. Yeah, oh, yeah, well. Well, yeah. round 23 is over and um, you got three. Did I? Mm. Well, that was because I was trying something different. Yeah, well, it didn't work. And oh. if I hadn't have been silly and picked the Rabbitohs over the Panthers, I would have got seven, but I got six. So the score stands 98-89. Mm. You've got nine points to make up in two rounds. To be fair, though, I've had a lot of injuries this year. <laughs> Brain injury. That's, I've your, had, that's your diet, I've had, mate. Well, I know. I've got a very sauce-heavy diet. <laughs> I'm not talking tomato sauce either. I'm talking like proper mushroom sauce. With, with prawns floating in it. Oh. Creams. Jeez, oh, geez, I cheeses. Love a, I love a good sauce. Mm. Not so much cheese. I'm not a huge cheese guy, but... Uh, what? No, no. You don't like big, cheese? Not a big cheese guy, no. You'd never get a bloody gig at the Roosters. No, I know. I couldn't be their media liaison. That's that's one of the uh, interview. When you <laughs> when you go for a uh, job at the Roosters, you've got to identify 18... Uh, <laughs> species of cheese yeah well they'd ask me what's your favorite cheese and i'd say cheer <laughs> and i'd be out the door they'd say what and you gotta put what? the put the blindfold on and trend comes along and just puts puts a little <laughs> sliver on your tongue and you've got to say oh yeah that's well that's camembert and trend goes what year yeah, yeah. and then you say what region yeah and then if you don't get it right he slaps you over the face with his tits <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, Titans went down to the storm, 34-20. <coughs> well, I thought they were reasonably competitive, the Titans, there for a while. And they were then brave. Storm, Storm, Very brave. Storm just got away from him. And uh, I mentioned him earlier. Geez, that Jaden Campbell, he's bloody, he's yeah. terrific. But how bad is, um, wouldn't you, if you're a Jaden Campbell, would you be dirty on David for Oh, God. Well, he's, what are they going to do with him? They have dug themselves a massive hole here. Bloody hell. And this just goes back to you shouldn't play. You shouldn't pay any NRL players that kind of money because this is what happens. Look at Fafita. How many tackles did he miss on the weekend? Lots. Oh. He, I think he had two runs or something yeah. stupid like that. Just disgusting. Is it dis- it's disgusting, isn't it? It's disgusting. You've got to think there's some kind of underlying issue here with David Fafita. I don't know. Well, I don't get the kid. Just can't get right, or what, what's what's? Well, you know what'd fix it? 
What's that? My bloody suggestion. Oh, your suggestion about, yeah. You think they'd to... be hungrier if they were standing on the field waiting to get picked for a team every week? Well, of course they bloody would. Jeez, I know. Everything kind of comes back to this, doesn't it? Anyway, the storm juggernaut rolls on and they're looking at a world record 20 games in a row this year, uh, this week, I think. Yeah, 19 was, uh, and that, that includes, because everyone talks about the Panthers going on a big winning run, but they casually forget that they lost the grand final. But uh, yeah, this is a genuine re- winning run in the 19 in a row mm. which hasn't been done since what 1926 or something when there was four sides in the compass or whatever it was. I think it was Roosters 1975 when they obviously didn't have much of an injury toll they won 19 in a row yeah, so that right. equaled that yeah I'm just, there was a uh, Matt Nable puff piece on it did you oh, miss that I missed it sorry yeah, I'll try not to, <laughs> I'll try to miss it Ah, oh, Matt Nable. How good are these boys? <laughs> There's a whole segment on Matt Nable next week, I reckon. How good? How good? 1918, the Manly Sea Eagles beat the Raiders by on a disappointing Friday evening. See, they could have won this, the Raiders. Bloody hell. They could have bloody won this if they weren't tackling like bloody wet lettuce leaves. They just got to put their bloody backs into it a bit, these fellas, and improve their effort areas, and they would have won it. Anyway, but... Well, what's Ricky doing? I'm calling Ricky out. Okay, what's... Uh... Well, you put, you've got Jordan Rappenar, who's not even a fullback, but has been trying his guts out at the, at the unfamiliar position for the last four or five weeks since Bailey Simonson went down, right? Mm-hmm. So what does Ricky do? Puts Jordan at the back again. He's got Bailey on the bench, and their first choice fullback, Chance Nickel Gloucester. Yeah, who's a professional so, fullback? He takes. They're going good. Jordan's. Uh, they're they're up by I think six or eight or something like that. They're going over, uh, going okay. Well, you know, as far as the Raiders, where you're always waiting for him to get get beaten on the bell. But Ricky takes Jordan Rappiner off, puts Nickel Clustar on, who immediately drops a bomb, which gives the Sea Eagles a try, and then Ricky realizes that Jordan was our best player or his best player. And takes him off, uh, sorry, puts him back on, but leaves Nickel Clustar out there. And Jordan's running around frantically trying to make something happen. Meanwhile, Jack Whiten's just standing at the back, bloody picking dandelions. Oh, Jesus, they're a rabble. They're well, an absolute he, rabble. He has made some changes we'll get to later on, but uh, yeah, wouldn't you? Put, that was horrible, coach. Put, put Chance back, put Chance, like, start the game so he can make that drop ball, which he was always going to make because it's his first game back in ages. He was always going to have an error or so. But wouldn't you prefer it to be in the first minute rather yeah. than the bloody 20, you know, 20 from the end or whenever it was? Well, and hook, hooked Sam Williams and put poor old Matt Frawley out there who didn't know what day it was. Just confusing for everybody and mm. put a couple dead, which uh, there was just a horrible game plan, horrible bench rotation. But to give credit to Manly, Cherry Evans just kicked them to death. Jeezy yeah. was good. Jeez, uh, and I hate him. What's his name? He's playing good too. Kieran Foran. Mm. Mm. Anyway, that's yeah, enough yeah. about that. Panthers 25 beat the Rabbitohs 12. Well, this... Uh who did we tip here? Did I? I tipped. You tipped the Panthers. I tipped the Rabbitohs. Yeah, and I kind of wasn't even sure why I picked mm. the Panthers. I well, think you I was just being contrary, up, wasn't yeah, I? You were yeah. trying to make up ground, and you did it. You done it. Yeah, I don't. A lot some, of controversy. Some worrying signs about the Rabbitohs, I reckon, like a la Parramatta. But anyway, sorry, what were you saying? Well, a lot of con- a lot of controversy out of this game, um, vis-a-vis refs vaulting. From uh, the Rabbitohs faithful. 
Wayne, to his credit, didn't ref's fault all over the place in the press conference, but there's been a lot of scuttlebutt through the week about referee Grant Atkins is a Penrith junior. Oh, I didn't hear about this. No, didn't you? Not keeping a close enough eye on the scuttlebutt. They're too busy eating sauces. He's a Penrith... Well, He's a Penrith junior. uh, Came up through the refereeing ranks in Penrith, and there's even photos and stuff online of him, you know, accepting medals and such at referees' conferences in the Penrith area. But the uh, the penalty count was 11-2 in favour of the Panthers in this game. Mm. And the set restarts, I think, were 3-0. Mm. Um, so they're saying, well, how... how? I think somebody did mention it in the in the press conference, but it wasn't Wayne, it was somebody, said, were, 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 the rabbit, uh, were the Panthers really that perfect through the whole game? And I think the casual observer would say no. But um, can we touch on referees? Is there a solution... <laughs> Well, I think it's refreshing that they didn't even up the bloody penalty count. It's good, isn't it? It's good to see the the square up didn't yeah, happen. Yeah, I, I don't mind seeing these lopsided ones. And to be honest, I didn't keep that close an eye on the refereeing, but I didn't think it was that bad. Like, I certainly didn't notice any noticeable kind of bias. Exactly. I didn't so, either. And what I did notice was the Rabbitohs being dirty. Exactly. we got Cody Walker just seems to lose his mind, doesn't he? How many penalties did he get? I don't know. Because I'm pretty sure he was the main offender because it was one of those games that Cody decided to take all his angry pills and start being a bit of a dork. It was a real, fr- a real flat track bully style of game from the Rabbitohs, I thought. Once they realised that um, they weren't on the flat track, that they were running uphill, mm. they just started bloody... Losing their minds. Latrell was running away from bombs, yeah. not doing any work, blaming it all on poor old Josh Mansour who did his knee trying to catch a bomb. That's how bad. <laughs> that's how, how out in the cold Latrell <coughs> left him. Poor old Josh had to swerve about 400 times to try and get under one of those big Nathan Cleary floaters and did his knee. And they were unhappy with each other. It's a yeah, very strange atmosphere at the Rabbitohs this, this, uh, uh, last week. But um, I had a few ideas about referees. Mm-hmm. What's your I was, solution? Well, I was watching KO the other day, and I was bored. And uh, on the title page thing, they had uh, ultimate frisbee. Have you ever watched that or disc uh, disc championships or something like that? So I've ever seen that. What's uh? Well, it's kind of like footy or soccer, where there's two teams, and they and rather than a ball, they've got a frisbee, and they just throw it at each other. And if you catch it, then you can stop and throw it again, and um, and you got to get to the end goal, end zone, like a you know, like footy. But the 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 thing I found most curious about the whole thing was that they referee themselves. Oh, so you think that? <laughs> How do you think that'd to... work in the NRL? Oh, it'd be wonderful. It'd be a spectacle. But I don't know how it's going to work. But we'll say Jared Warrior Hargreaves knocks somebody's head off. So. How would it work? So the bloke who got knocked out, he can't do anything because he's on the on the yeah, ground sleeping. The ground. So maybe the uh, one of the markers or someone around the play the ball puts his hand up and goes, uh, "I think that was a high tackle by Jared Warrior Hargreaves." And then another bloke from, "Nah, you're dreaming, mate." And oh, then, so yeah, what do you? So it's like a conference kind of thing. Like all the players get together and decide it was a penalty or. Yeah, well, or, or it's just up to the individual. Well, maybe it's the captain. Maybe the captain goes, yeah, you're right, mate. Yep, all right, here well, you go, free kick here. I watch my six-year-old play soccer with his pals and 
They referee themselves. <laughs> How does that go? <laughs> Jesus Christ. You'd be better off putting a soccer ball in a bloody chook pen and let them kick it about with their beaks. I think it's worth a try. <laughs> oh, well, well, I'm just looking at the penalty count here. Latrell Mitchell, two. Cody Walker, two. Josh Mansour, one penalty. Mark Nichols, two. Cook, Burgess, Keon. So... You can't say that they're unfairly ref because well, you've all got bloody repeat offenders here. Latrell's always good for two penalties. Cody's always good for two or three penalties. That's what it was. That's what I'm trying to remember. Wayne did have a whinge about the ref at the press conference about the downtown penalty oh, on Mark Nichols. On Mark Nichols. Yeah, which has been a rule forever, forever but never gets enforced. But I'm glad Grant Atkins finally decided to enforce it because Mark Nichols touched the ball. Exactly. That's the That's the key factor. They dropped it. And Mark Nichols happened to pick it up. And the ref knew that he was downtown. Mm. So a kick, it happens every game. And pretty much every kick, you'll have props and second rowers ahead of the play the ball, where the last play the ball was, waiting to chase the kick down, staying away from, you know, keeping their 10 metres and waiting for the fullback or the winger to come back at them. But in this case, the winger dropped it. Mark Nosey Nichols picked it up. And the ref saw it. So bloody good on them. They know the rules. But everyone was mystified. Wayne and Mark, oh, I don't even know what's going on. It's a bit of a bloody mystery. <sighs> Maybe they should read the rule book or referee themselves, either or. <laughs> yeah, well, either, I'm sure either, they'd give themselves a penalty there. Either way, just shut up. I'm sick of oh, the refs faulting. God, yeah. And they even said, Graham Annesley said, he said he's sick of the refs faulting. Yeah, he's the boss. Everyone listen to the boss. They should, Graham should bloody... Um, Fine them. No, well, no, I was going to say, fines aren't obviously, they don't work. You've got to rub them out. Yeah, rub out Kick the coach. Kick them out of Queensland. Rub out the coach, you're yeah. saying. You're suspended for the week. You're not allowed to uh, attend exactly. the press conference next week. Yeah. No, oh, boys have got to coach them. themselves. <laughs> <sighs> Sharks 50, West Tigers 20. Another, another chapter in oh, the sad, God, sad, geez. sad 21 of West Tigers who I presume are still having the cameras following around, following oh. them around. So I'll be interested to see the press, uh, the dressing room after this game. Jesus, he's definitely going to shut the curtain. Shut the fucking, <laughs> shut the fucking curtain! Ooh. Shut the curtain! <laughs> where was? That? Where, I, well, I missed the Wild West this week. They no, didn't have it. What's they the, didn't why have do one they on. space them out so far? No, Everybody's I, hungry. I th- no, I think it's an editing thing. It does take a while to edit these things. As someone who does a lot of editing, it does take a while to edit these things. Yeah, well, I'm not happy. I want plus, to, I want you know, they have week. to work out which swears to bloody censor. That's a whole day's job. Anyway, I don't think yeah, there's much to talk about about this, this game. It was a flogging. It was a blowout. Yeah. Was I was blown out. Horrible. Well, the Ra- was Raiders, Jesus. Tigers only scored in the last kind of 20 minutes. They were almost consolation tries, weren't they, after getting blown apart? Uh, Knights, 22. Bulldogs, 16. Poor old dogs. Poor old dogs. I thought they had a shot at this as well. Buddy, Newcastle are in the eight, aren't they? Uh, yes. How? I'll never know because even my man on the ground, my Knights fan, Mo, reckons they're horrible. Well, I'll tell you how they're in the eight. There was an (laughs) article. Yeah. There was an article just yesterday, I think, Anthony Seabold. Oh. He's he's been credited with an absolute bloody turnaround in the Knights' defence. I thought they were bloody getting rid of him next year because he was too close to something. Oh, some rubbish. Oh, he's close. Jesus (laughs) Christ. Well, they're saying that um, Anthony was brought on at the Knights after his disastrous tenure at the Broncos to just be a, 
you know, a man about a man about yeah, the club. That's just, right. He's getting too yeah, involved. But now he's doing one on ones because he's a real good friend of Adam O'Brien. Real good yeah. pals they are, and I can see that. Oh, <laughs> very in the toilets cut. together at the races, getting punched in the guts together. Yeah, cut from the same cloth, oh, aren't they? Know those why. two bloody besties. But uh, again, I thought the Bulldogs. Jesus Christ! I gotta say it. Sorry, dogs fans, but bloody hell, Kyle Flanagan is hopeless. If you're building a team around that fella, no, they're not. Oh, Trent's oh. uh, Trent's got his injury concerns. Remember, you you brought it up. He's got Jeez. all kinds of injury problems. Well, he doesn't have Horsey and Ryan James. They've both left camp because they've got to play for the Raiders this week. So. Yeah, they've got all sorts of problems, the Bulldogs. But uh, Horsey wasn't too bad. Yeah, that's what I mean. It might it might be good. Might God, be good he's for ugly him. though. Yeah, oh, he's got a big. I gut. can't even look at him. He has his big guts <laughs> hanging out <laughs> the bottom of his shirt. He's gross. Oh. <laughs> he looks like a catfish. He needs to get signed by the Roosters to get some proper food in him because he's obviously <laughs> eating the wrong things. <laughs> he doesn't look ankle heavy, does he? He looks uh, belly heavy. Yeah, he's he's spare tire heavy. I don't know what kind of rich cheeses go straight to your spare tyre, but he's on them. Well, no, come on. Canterbury Bankstown don't have camembert and brie. They've got cheer. And they've got those little... Uh, oh, yeah. No, they've remember got craft those, singles. No, That's no, what yeah, yeah, you remember those little ones that you buy and they're in little triangles? And they don't resemble cheese at all, but they're like a little triangle in a foil wrap. Oh, yeah, in the yeah. in the round thing. Yeah, in the yeah. round one, and they're just broken up into eight triangle segments. That's what Canterbury I got in the dressing rooms, I imagine. Remember those little red baby bell ones yeah, in the wax? Well, yeah. That's, yeah, they might even have them. Well, they're not even that nice. No. They're kind of real rubbery. Rubbery. Yeah. Well, that's probably what they've been feeding horsey. Mm. Well, they've got to fix that up. They've got to give him some proper bloody, what is it, that blue vein <laughs> cheese. Uh, Eels 32, the resurgent Eels over the Cowboys 16. Oh, didn't they come back to the competition with a bang? The Eels by beating the absolute hopeless Cowboys. They're awful, the Cowboys. Todd Payton, I reckon, is on very, very thin, thin ice. (sighs) They're just awful, but... uh... We've spoken about them so much that I feel like I'm repeating myself. Something else is repeating on me. Maybe that cheese. (laughs) Did you have a big cheese breakfast, did you? I had a big cheese <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> I melted some down and put it in my coffee. What happened? Wonga, Wonga, Wonga Blake might have hurt himself, did he? Or was that the other fella? Anyway, yeah, they got real injury concerns. <laughs> the eels. Wonga Blake's hopeless. There yeah, you go, I said it. Next, Roosters 40, Dragons 22. Now, I didn't see either of these Sunday games because I was off at bloody stupid work, working. Well, I saw both of them, and the Dragons were just getting blown apart in the first half, but then they scored literally on the bell of half-time. Uh, Maguire went over somehow. They're pretty weird-looking. And I actually, actually, I want to say, because I thought it should have been an eight-point try. I reckon if Maguire didn't ground that ball, it would have been an eight-pointer because he was illegally stripped as he was going over the line. I think it was Corey Norman or someone. And in the act of it getting stripped while there was about three players on him, it came out, Moose Maguire grabbed it and went over. So I reckon if Moose Maguire had knocked it on, they would have awarded an eight-point try. But anyway, anyway, that was what kind of got him back into it. And then uh, they came out and the Roosters kind of did a job on him in the second half. But uh, they were... 
So yeah. the injury concerns didn't seem to worry him in this oh, game? Oh, no. Well, Daniel Tupo's still okay, and he scored about eight tries. So mm. as long as they got Tupo, who's not injured. But God help us if Tupo gets injured. Mm. God can help you, Trent. imagine? Oh, my God. It'd just be bloody story after story because, geez, he's obviously the only bloke out there that can play footy. And then the uh, Broncos got over the Warriors 24-22 and apparently a pretty exciting affair. I I think I'm going to watch this this afternoon. Tremendously entertaining game, this one. And dare I say, Anthony Milford's just way on back the clock. He was by far the best player on the the ground. I don't know what's gotten into him. He's already got his new contract at the Rabbitohs. He must be playing to impress Uncle Wayne. But, uh, no, Wayne's not going to be there. Wayne. Oh, he's going. Yeah, yeah it's Demetriou. Oh, okay. Well, he's impressing somebody, but yeah, he actually. And um, you know what the Broncos did? They played what was in front of them. It was like they threw out whatever Kevy's awful game plan is, and they just played footy. It was bloody good to watch, actually. Albert Kelly running around, and some of those big fellas, uh, Xavier Coates, and all of them. Like they're not looking bad, the Broncos, when they bloody throw out Kevy's playbook. Just that's how you got to coach him, Kevy. Just say, well, oh, fuck, I don't know. Go out there and play footy. I don't care. Just do whatever. How refreshing. It was. And and, de- and the Warriors were almost too structured, which is very un-Warriors-like. But uh, they were unlucky, the Warriors. But, yeah, tremendously entertaining game. Wonderful stuff. The penultimate round of the NRL kicks off tonight with the Knights and Titans, round 24. <sighs> Uh, Jack Johns has a shoulder issue for the Knights. He's gone. David Clemmer, he had an early guilty plea on a contrary conduct charge. What was that for? Oh, I don't know. I can't remember. He's out. So, uh, so Sue's in. Tyson Frizzell returns from a game, one game ban. Um, now, here's a good stat, and it totally blows my rugby league knowledge out of the water because I think Jake Clifford's hopeless, but I've since realised he's not. But they've won five from five with Jake... Clifford and Mitchell Pierce in the halves. Yeah, well, see, I'm getting Jake Clifford confused with drink water. I think it's drink water that's hopeless. No, Dearden well, is hopeless. Oh, Dearden, no, yeah. but you, but I think drink water and Clifford kind of similar looking in my eyes anyway. He's bloody but, good, Jake Clifford. Yeah, he's uh, really turned the corner, hasn't he? He's playing really good footy. For the um, Titans, Kevin Proctor is okay. Got through training okay with a shoulder injury. Toby Sextown is an option for Justin Holbrook well, with Tyrone Peachy listed in the halves. Because they've dropped Taylor again. Yes. Oh, I'd love to see Toby Sextown back. He can play. Oh, he's weird. I don't even know why he got dropped, to be honest. Well, uh, Fodawaker is a certain starter after missing last week. And the Titans have won par- five of their last seven against the Knights. Who's your tip here? Knights. Oh. Oh, but geez, I tell you what, bloody hell, they ran riot. Bloody Patrick Herbert ran riot the other day, along with Jaden Campbell. But this is a tricky one to pick, isn't yeah, it? This it is, is like a top eight battle uh, uh, to get into the eight <coughs> battle kind of thing. Yeah, well, and, and it seems to be every mm. week there's some bloody bludger of a side trying to get in the eight, and I suppose the Knights are already in there. But what if the Titans win? They'll go in. Oh, I don't know. I can't even understand it. But I'm going to go Titans. You're well, Knights. Yeah, I'll go Knights. They're, Knights are paying two dollars, and the Titans are a dollar eighty. Mm. So Titans actually favourites here somehow. Yeah, well, I can see that. Anyway. Yeah, nights for me. Uh, Friday, first game, Warriors Raiders at Mackay BB Print Stadium. Uh, Josh Curran is in doubt. Oh, um, that's good for the Raiders because he was wonderful last week. He had a head knock. Uh, uh, Katoa 
has been named, but he's got a foot injury. He might be might be out. <coughs> Rocco Berry and Kane Evans are included in the reserves. Bloody hell. Jesus. Uh, Sean O'Sullivan's the new 5'8", because Chanel Harris-Tavita is out with a foot injury. Oh, well, that's a shame, because he's been playing good too. Sean O'Sullivan's a good player. Yeah, Sean O'Sullivan, very good. Um, for the Raiders, Matt Frawley's to start at halfback with Sam Williams getting dropped. Um, and that's fair enough. So Matt Frawley should have been there from the start, even though I feel bad for poor old Sammy. Jordan Rappiner holds the fullback spot, but Chance Nickel Clustar is likely to make his way into the starting side. Good. But then what? So they're going to have to reshuffle and... Oh, God, what's the reshuffle? Are they putting Bailey well, they on the put, bench or...? Put Rappiner on the wing and who, who else? Oh, I can't remember. Well, I can't keep up. Well, who they cares? they got Harley anyway? Smith Shields off the... No, you got to start him as well. I don't know. I can't understand. It's very confusing team uh, selection here. Horsey Horsberg returns, as you said, after being on loan to the Bulldogs and goes onto the bench and poor old Dunamis Louie drops out. In the out. wilderness still. And bloody, they got Saliva Havili back. Yeah, because uh, Tom Starling's out. Yeah, well, that's not a bad move. I like Lever. He's pretty good off the bench. How are you going? Yeah, I'm going the Raiders in this one. Not me. Really? Well, they suck, mate. Well, okay. They're the worst team ever. Well, they're playing for a top eight spot. To ever <laughs> lace on a jumper. <laughs> Red um, hot dollar forty five favourites, the Raiders. Jesus. The blockbuster, the second game on Friday, uh, Roosters Rabbit O's at Suncorp. Takiaho was taken from the field with a head knock and may not play, but I think he will. Mm. They've got too many injury prices. Oh. Um, the goal-kicking centre, Adam Kieran. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Nat Butcher and Dale Copley are the latest casualties, as we've already been over, um, but we named their side before. Damien Cook has a quad concern. Mm. If he's anything less than 100%, says Wayne, He'll look to rest him with Benji Marshall waiting in the wings. Uh, Cook's confident, though. I'm travelling pretty well. He said I did finish off the game. Uh, the quad issue happened quite early in the second half. Uh, junior Totola passed a head injury assessment, and Liam Knight is on the reserves bench, uh, or, the, you know, the extended bench. What about the Roosters? They've got a couple of debutants by the look of it. Ben Thomas and now, now Fahu White. Well, it's the injury concerns, mate. Well, they can only they, field so many internationals. They must, have, they must have loaned these blokes from some other international side. <laughs> so, and Fletcher Baker, yeah, geez, I don't know who any of them are, but I know what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be getting on them for a try. Who are you picking? Rabbitohs. Me too. Benji Magic. Michaela Ravalawa has been named to play for the St. George Dragons versus the Cowboys in the first game on Saturday. Despite failing an HIA, Anthony Griffin made a number of changes on Tuesday as he searches for answers. Mm. Tyrell Sloan's a new fullback because Dufty's gone. Uh, Blake Laurie returns from a hand injury prop. Uh, Lone, as we said, the uh, the loner from the Roosters, Freddie Lussick, shares the hooking duties with Jaden Sullivan. Whoever that might be. Um, for the Cowboys, uh, Tal Malolo needs to tick a few boxes, says Todd. Peyton, that is. Um, he's still not 100% fit. Kyle Felton, Murray Talungi are both expected to play. And Holmes moves to the centres. Val Holmes. Centres. Mm. Jesus, what a uh, blockbuster. God, this is like... I don't know what to do. No, I'm going to go the Saints because I think... Uh Lomax and Bird were really good last week. 
but uh, still lost. But yeah, no, they'll get. I don't know. Well, I'm just going to go Cowboys because I just want to go against you on one of them. But I really don't. I've got absolutely no idea. If I could tip a draw, I would. <laughs> Sharks Broncos second game on Saturday. Luke Metcalf and Braden Trindle for the Sharks expected to retain their positions. Uh, Matt Moylan went really well last week, didn't he? Mm, Forty um, forty-year-old Matt. Uh, Harotti has been named on the bench as uh, Mulatalo got that terror. Did you see the x-rays of Ronaldo's jaw? Oh, yeah, you don't want to see that. Cracked it in two spots. Jeez, that would hurt. Connor Tracy retains his spot in the centres. Jeez, he's playing well at the moment. Um, The Sharks have won only two of their last eight games at Suncorp Stadium. For the Broncos, Xavier Coates took a knock to the elbow, but he says he should be right. Um, David Mead's on standby for Xavier Coates. Uh, oh, yeah, I just said that. Anthony Milford notches up his 150th game for the Broncos. Well, you watch him fall in an absolute heap. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say that. Yeah, so Sharks for me yeah, in this one. I think me too, Sharks. Oh, cause Mil- oh, no, hang on. No, I'm Broncos. Oh, Broncos. Right, eh? That's one for me. Storm versus Eels, Saturday, 7.30 at Suncorp again. Must be a triple header, is it, or a double? Yeah, magic round. Mm. Uh, Jerome Hughes and uh, Kamakamisa. I was going to say, Suncorp actually looked like they had almost a full house in there, so I can't understand how they're doing the uh, crowds and stuff because... Yeah, the games at Suncorp, they had very healthy well, Queensland Is Queensland back to normal? I think well, it's just I don't know, in. because a couple of the games didn't have, like, it looked like, you know, they had the fake crowd and they didn't have any. Mm. So, unless it was just like it wasn't a draw, like, you know, like a uh, pool. Mm. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <coughs> sorry. Jerome Hughes replaces Nico Hines at halfback. Um, I'm not sure what's wrong with Nico. It doesn't really matter what they do, though. No. They're still the same. Brandon Smith and Justin Olam are also back after they were rested last week. Um, Blake Ferguson for the Eels has been No, no, named. Nico Hines is on the interchange. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, well, no, they got to put Hughes back. Oh, of course, because yeah, Jerome's Because Jerome had a head knock. Um, yeah, Fergo's back for the Eels after getting over a calf injury. Everyone was thinking maybe... Maybe Blake didn't really have an injury and was just out in the wilderness for a little while. Well, maybe he smashed a car window or something. Mm. That seems to be how these blokes injure themselves. How about uh, read? I read yesterday that Bert Brett Bert Kenny is uh, angling for a job he's, as an assistant coach. He's yeah. a weird character, isn't he, Brett yeah. Bert Kenny? Yeah, he seems to. Didn't he? We, someone said he was a cleaner or something, and he got fired yeah. from that job. He's well, just one of these can't get right fellas. He reminds me. Of, if you work in pubs, you'll 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 know that there's a or any kind of hospitality industry, but mostly pubs. There's always some. There's always a bloke just hanging around all the time. Yeah. And and you need something done, and you think, Jesus, I'm, I don't want to do this. And you just hire the bloke that's hanging around. You give him twenty bucks or something, and you know he, he does it well. And then the next day you get him to do something else. And anyway, he turns into maybe he's a casual or something like that. And then you start notice that your smokes are missing. <laughs> money gone out of the till stuff like that and so you have to you have to get rid of him and and then you know he's all remorseful and then he comes back later on and you know starts angling for jobs again that's who brett burt kenny reminds me of one of those blokes just hanging around just waiting for a gig and then doing it wrong being dishonest i'm not saying burt's stealing smokes well is that the problem maybe at the eels is that uh after they've sprayed all the gatorade and everything all all over the ceiling and brett kenny comes in and 
Is that the assistant coach's job? Because well, that's what he wants. Comes in and hoses everything down and then suddenly someone's bloody iPod's missing from their bag. Mm, yeah. Maybe that's the problem with the eels and they're like, oh, they can't listen to uh, the latest uh, Kid Leroy song on the way home or I don't know. Maybe that's... Well, Brett Burt Kenny certainly wouldn't be listening to Kid Burt, Kid Leroy. <laughs> or you'd be listening to the Eagles. No, uh, Glenn Campbell. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Charlie Pride. Charlie Pride. Anyway, uh, Eels versus who? Storm. Who I'm got? on the Storm. Yeah, I think me too. But having said that, this is the kind of game the Eels can win. Storm, <laughs> Storm for me, though. Absolutely cannot win that game. <laughs> sea Eagles, Bulldogs, uh, first game on Sunday. Uh, Tommy Turbo's back after missing the Canberra game and Brad Parker also returns. Curtis Siren yeah, and well, Courtesy of bloody Suley, Moses Suley, who tore the Raiders a new ass. So Did- he's very unlucky, bloody mm. Suley, to get dropped because I was almost hoping that Brad Parker had it played last week. Uh, Sirenen and Tapao both passed the HIAs. They're good to go. Uh, for the Bulldogs, Jake Averillo's on the reserve bench. Mm. Who's in the halves? Brandon uh, Wakeham earns Lachlan, a recall, I think. Lachlan and Kyle in the halves again. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, where's, where's Brandon Wakeham playing? Uh, or is he on the bench? On the bench, yeah. Oh, right. Brandon Wakeham along with Chris Potato. We don't need to think about this one too much, I no, don't think. poor old doggies. Uh, I'm going Manly, yes. And the last game of round 24, Panthers versus Tigers. Oh, blockbuster. I love the feeling in these after bloody Ivan was blowing kisses to the crowd. And oh, bloody, yeah. And then bloody they silenced them back in round four or whatever it was where famous victory where the bloody everyone was out for origin and the Tigers got up. Mm. And Madge was just... Beside himself. <laughs> he was. He wasn't closing any curtains that day. Oh, he's opened up the whole, every door in the house. Come and watch this. <laughs> Good on him. I hope they win, but they won't. No. I'm not going to list the changes because it's pretty easy. Yeah, no. Well, after one. getting flogged by 40 points or whatever last week. Poor old Tigers. All right. Well, that's the round 24 tipped and previewed. Uh, there's a few differences there, but I can't see you catching me, to be honest. You're nine adrift. Nine. Well, I just want everybody who follows Hang the on. team to have a nice time this week. Yeah, nine. Nine adrift. I just want everyone. Hope all your teams get up, everybody. I guarantee that there's going to be a lot of people don't have a very nice time this week. Guarantee it. <laughs> I wish I could bet on that. I still cry on airplanes. You better go off and get yourself something to eat. I just heard your tummy rumble. A bit grumbly. All this talk of sauce. Maybe it's just because the winter's turning to spring. You can hear the doves and the cheese. The olives dropping to the ground Mm. and the doves pecking at them. Thank you very much for listening to us. Again, for another week, thank you to Craig from Goolagong, as always. A wonderful look back at the history of our great game. We've got some more wonderful WA music yes, this week, yes. courtesy of Verge Collection. Verge Collection's song, Aeroplanes, we, we, we've played this week. It's a terrific tune from uh, one of the great homegrown bands. We have, we're very blessed to blessed. have so many, so many terrific bands over here, and we get to sample them almost weekly. For free. Uh, look us up on Facebook, Twitter, 
and um, email us at gmail, league indeed at gmail if you want to, and uh, tell us what you think about the rugby league with the finals approaching, who, who you think is going to go out the back door, who's going to get blasted in the ass. See you next week. Goodbye. Well, I'm sorry to disappoint you. I was blind before we got halfway. Oh, how many hours are left in this day?